As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Hello, welcome to Bad News Hotel. I've got some bad news. Um, I'm afraid that there's no hot water in your room. Um, the only way down to your room is to use the fire escape. Um, mind you don't touch anything as everything's been freshly painted. Um... When you enter your room, you'll notice something that can only be described as a murder mystery. Um, the body of the hotel painter is lying on the floor. Um, but don't worry, there's a silver lining to all this. When you get into bed, it'll be nice and toasty, as it's currently being warmed up by the painter's ghost. At every one of our globally located Bad News Hotels, we give you exactly what our name suggests. That's why we have a consistent rating of zero. Bad News Hotels. Boy, have we got some. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 20, El Dia de la Mamá. Welcome to the show, you fabulous freaks and friends. Well, here we are once again, and of course, who else but... This is Alex Rogers... 
recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which you're listening is the now. And even though I like to tout that there are timeless zones, we are nevertheless zeroing in on a specific zone on this lovely Sunday because, and by the way, we are in downtown LA, baby. I don't know if you can hear those sirens outside, but we are just making this happen here. It is a a poppin' Because it's a big day, folks. It's a beautiful day. It's a blessed day. It's Mother's Day. This is El Dia de la Mama. Le jour du ma- de, de la mamère. <laughs> uh, I think I messed up the French part of that. And the lovely voice that you are hearing there, beginning to laugh, is indeed my mother. Because there would be no in the words of Alex Rogers, let alone words at all, or even Alex Rogers himself, without a mama. You don't get anybody without a mama. That's the most incredible thing. So without further ado, folks, I want you all to meet today my mama, Janie. Welcome to the words, mama. Thank you, Alex. It's lovely to be here. And uh, I wanted to bring you on the show, Mom, because uh, it, I think it's a very special thing. You know, Mother's Day, we really do owe it to our moms to give them a big thanks, at the very least, for breathing life into, you know, our, our very, into our very past. I wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't even be talking if it wasn't for you. So thank you for uh, birthing me into this world, dear Mama. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Lovely. Well, you know, <clears throat> one thing that I, I was talking to you the other day, Mom, it's, it's uh, you know, we, mothers are the, some of the most natural things on planet Earth. It, it's, all, I mean, Mama Earth comes with mamas. And nevertheless, as natural as motherhood seems to be, you were telling me not too long ago that when you became a mother for the first time, even though you knew, obviously, you had a kid, here I am, I'm now newly arrived, but it dawned on you one day. Can you tell me that story again? You were walking yeah, where we're from, Carmel. I, I, um, well, just, it's interesting because when you're pregnant, you know, theoretically, you know you're going to be a mother, but you aren't actually yet. So you have this period of nine months where um, you're, you're, you're definitely different and you're larger and ungainly and a little uncomfortable but suddenly, when there's when the birth happens, very inst- you know in that instant you do become a mother, and I think it takes a while for your uh, brain and your emotions to to catch up with that fact. And mm. when you were, uh, I think under a week old, I was pushing you in an actually in an English pram. It was quite a wonderful. What makes uh, an English pram you know, an English one pram? Of those old black oh. ones with. The big wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, like Mary Poppins would have the the kind that goes down the steps in those <laughs> scary old films, and we go, "Oh no, the baby!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, you were you were not running down a hill, but <laughs> I was pushing it, and I would see people looking at me, and I thought, "God, those people think I'm a mother." That's so you know, because wow. I didn't feel like one. I felt a bit like an an imposter at that point. But wow. You know, they th- I thought it was so sort of funny. They think I'm a mother. Well, and then, and then I did soon enough really think I was a mother, and I was glad to be to be one. But, but it is an interesting transition, getting used to it. How interesting that I bet your instincts were instantaneous, 
but your sense of title yeah, just was slow like to realize it. Yeah. To start with. Right, right, right. And yeah. and you almost don't even even the mother there's almost like a, a nameless word for it before we even say the word mother. Yeah. It's just it's so yeah. that's what it is, obviously. It's one of the most natural relationships ever. Yeah. Well, I and you know, you have told me before that my name, full name being Alexander, is indeed, you know, there's there's an A game going on in our family. And certainly your father and your grandfather had s- names very similar to mine. Yes. And they were both of artistic temperament, starting with your dad. Yes, my father was, um, well, actually, I'll start with my grandfather. Sure. Who's Alec. And he was a woodcarver and sculptor. Mm-hmm. And my father... Um, <laughs> as we, <laughs> as we, yeah, that don't worry, folks. That's just my ride leaving yeah. without me here. My father, who was, <laughs> <laughs> these are fans of your father, I right hear. We remember his poetry. <laughs> my father, who was uh, a poet, was yes. named Alistair, which is the basically the Gaelic form of Alec or Alexander, and then you are Alexander. Yes. And Definitely an artistic mm-hmm. soul. And you looked upon me and said, oh, Alexander, right? It wasn't well, a plan necessarily, right? Or did you have my name maybe well, as a actually, little backup? No. Um, I was, I don't know why. This was quite a while ago. <laughs> yes. I, I had no idea what your gender was. But um, right. I, I had, we had thought of a, a girl's name and we really, uh, we somehow thought we were having a girl. Oh, really? You kind of yeah. had in your mind that we maybe you were going to yeah. have a daughter. So anyway, Interesting. within a couple of hours of you being born... Uh, <laughs> it was very evident I we, wasn't a girl. <laughs> yes, and, and we came up with a name. Yes. You weren't one of these unnamed babies. Some of them, you know, go a week right. or two without a name. You you had a name by, uh, mm-hmm. by the next morning. <laughs> now, they say that sometimes with that magisterial grace that the mother has yeah. with her newborn there's also this instinct that like you love this new creature so much you will murder well, for it do you do you yeah. remember any yes. feeling like and that I actually did say that to my own mother no way after you know just even the next day i said you know i feel like a mother lion or something you know I'd, amazing I'd, uh, like you're re- ready to, to protect kill for the sake of, that's so cool mama yeah. well you know i remember a while back, when we were still living in the Carmel Highlands, mm-hmm. we unearthed uh, a cassette tape of Alec, I want to say, doing a mm-hmm. reading. So this is your grandfather, my mm-hmm. great-grandfather, mm-hmm. the woodcarver, mm-hmm. who is Scottish, no right. less. And he came from Glasgow. Yes. And so he's really Scottish. That's a, uh, Yes, you know. although he didn't have that kind of accent. He, ah. His family really, he had what they call a lowland uh, it, it it was a s- softer, a burr. Yeah. Well, you know, burr. I heard yeah, burr, a l- little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I get Scottish light? Thank you. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. Well, I remember us hearing a, a tape yeah. that he that he, where he was orating something. Something the Tam O'Shanter was called. What's that? Uh, I think it was. I think that's Robert Burns, and oh. uh, he he was a good um, like you. He was a good. Uh, he had a good voice and. Mm-hmm. A, and he was a good speaker and a good reciter. Right, right. And so it was one of his talents. He Now, you see, now, you, I feel like growing up as a little girl, 
you're seeing a grandfather who's carving. Mm -hmm. You have a father of words and of letters. Mm -hmm. He's a poet. Mm -hmm. In fact, as of late, you know, we have been unearthing some of his poetry. Mm -hmm. And he wrote some profound things. Yes. Every, everything from his youth to his old age. Yes. There's There are things documenting his life. And yeah. I got to say... Not just being biased because he's related, you know, but I, and folks, I never got to meet him, unfortunately, but haven't you said, just because he died, I want to say a good 10 years before I was born oh, he or died when I was 21. So, so about yeah, nine about, years. Yeah. 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 10 years before you were born. yeah. So, um, and at the same time, we look at photos mm -hmm. and you look at me and some of yeah. my mannerisms. You look a lot like him. Would you say your, your face, your height, um, your, and I think you know your your interest in language in words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I know when I wrote a lot through a couple years ago, working on my novella, uh -huh. which I'll tell you guys about eventually. We're just going to put that out there. What he wrote a novella? Well, this is in the words of Alex Rogers. You think I just speak words? I also write words. And when I really started to get into writing, I have to say, I and this may sound very woo woo, but I feel like I'm being informed by a hand within a, my hand, a voice within my voice. And when I look at Alistair, your father, my grandfather, when I look at his writing, I recognize it. Yeah. So I think... No, I think there is, there's a thread. And my brother, Andrew, has mm -hmm. got that too. Another A name. Another A name <laughs> and, a, and a definitely a um, poet. Now, for you, though, Mom, did you ever have any aspirations to be all of the aforementioned things? Any kind of artistry? Any kind of, like, did you ever want to sculpt? Did you ever want to maybe write or... or yeah, even? And by the way, I should... Let me rephrase. You can write. I can write. My mom, by the way, has brought an entire school to tears because of the power of her writing. That's a story for another I time. But uh, I, I'm not driven to do it. But, you know, I can write a good letter back when we used to write letters. Ah, yes. And, um, Which you still do, don't you? You, you? If you can, or do you, well, you kind of email write it? a letter only when someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, But did you so, ever, I mean, because I, I, sometimes I sort of wonder, like, because you don't seem to be feel like you're bereft of any kind of artistic accomplishment or, or, or practice in your life, do you? I mean, um, not, which I think well, you are I, artistic, though, but on a non-conventional way. way. Although, I must say, I don't seem to produce any, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I can be creative. You I, are very I creative. Can be creative. I can, you know, I have, I have kind of an original outlook on things. I can come up with a interesting design or you know but i'm i'm i have well, to say completely unambitious so maybe you're unambitious <laughs> but i'm going to absolutely back you up on the fact that you are creative because let's talk about some of those early costume designs that you did That's for me true. because the, the funny thing is folks if you haven't been able to tell already there are some actorly tendencies to that comes with just the I ain't just a floating voice I got a big silly walks body to go with it to be very expressive and of course as a child I loved dressing up yeah. a lot and there are some I did winner costumes that you made costumes what are some that come to mind Halloween because oh. you wanted to dress up all the time <laughs> and I made you lots like I made you a Superman cape I mm, made it like you sewed capes. in the s you sewed you oh, made I the did, yeah. yeah I sewed it all yeah and um other costumes the, the greatest lots costume you did like capes you went off to I think 
kindergarten every day in a cape. Yes, yes. There's a school photo of me wearing basically a Zorro cape, yeah. and I wore that every day, I want to say, you know, up until I was 18. No, I'm kidding. You, <laughs> I'd say, okay, we need to go to the grocery store, and you'd say, what shall I be? And you'd <laughs> select a costume to wear to the grocery <laughs> store. And you know, what I like is some of those were not, you didn't buy me like a Batman no, no, pre-made no, made costume. Them. You made them, and of course... Uh, well, here's something. I remember you did one of my earliest costumes was an elephant. Yeah. And you made me a little tail out of like a little rolled up paper with a tassel. Right. And put you in gray sweatpants <laughs> and a great long sleeve T-shirt. Uh-huh. And I did f- I did find a plastic uh, yeah. rubber trunk. Sure. But then I made you these big ears just out of construction paper. Out of construction paper. paper. And yeah. it looked so good. I looked like Dumbo. It was great. Like, it did. Yeah. <laughs> There was that, and I gotta say, the what comes to mind is like classy, like really well mm-hmm. done. Like, like mom, like you, like mm-hmm. you can be a customer. When I was that triangle hat, uh, oh, sort yeah. of, you know, eighteenth um, uh, century captain. Or captain. Something. Yeah, you, I made you a. You, you had you made me look I like I was in like Boston and like <laughs> the coat with all the. Gold braiding. Gold braiding in the sleeves with the amazing cufflinks that you made for it. And of course, you know, and everything with the whole, with the, the tights for the, well, for the stock. We, we cut off a pair of sweatpants to just below the knee and put elastic in for your breeches. And then we had long white socks. Yeah. So fun. cool. Mom. It was fun. That, that was a good creative outlet for yeah. sewing. Right. A good creative outlet. And having, well, now had. A, a grandchild. I'm beginning to sew yes. a few more things for a little. In, in case you all are wondering not- that I have a <laughs> child here, no, I, I I don't even have a mate, let alone a child to begin with right now. But my wonderful sister Maya, shout out to her. Yeah. She has a beautiful baby boy now, and he's brought us a lot of joy, obviously. And um, my mom is a grandma. Yes. yes, I'm a grandma, so that's fun. Yeah, are you gonna? Do you think you might make for him some well, little you know, uh, what things? What I have to say, and this may be kind of a sexist thing, but oh. it's a lot. I mean, making little dresses is so much easier than making uh, trousers. So sure, I, I sort right. of suspect I'm, and now I don't know. I suspect I'm not really gonna make him clothes, but I do. I will. You're gonna play with him, him and blankets and blankets. And yeah, I'm very happy to go back into the Halloween costume business. I was gonna say you would. You might have a few more elephants and yeah. uh, and colonial uh, sailors on your hand there. Yeah, famous costumes documented in our photo albums as well. The proof yeah. of that you made me a devil once. I remember uh-huh. you made me into a, a, a devil and uh, plenty Peter of Pan. Su- Peter Pan. Um, yeah, there was some, even, uh, I think even maybe... Um, well, then there was a king. I, I made you this tunic with dragon on it. Oh, yeah. And the crown. And uh, and there's this wonderful photo of me looking incredibly, sin- like, 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 very adult for a six-year-old yeah. boy who's like, who I think we made me look like Prince Caspian. But I'm pointing the sword to the camera like I'm about to take on, like, life. Right. You and were a serious, you were seriously into your characters. Yes. But was I a serious kid, though? No, you were actually a very jolly kid. Yeah. But I have to say, a very funny memory, speaking of costumes. Well, yes. it wasn't even much of a costume, but you fell in love with um, Nutcracker Sweet. Yes, I did. 
watching it, the Barishnikov one, but after right. a while, you just learned all the music and all the dances, and you wanted the te- you wanted the video off and just the music on, right? And you could just dance the whole thing. And yeah. when it came to the, uh, what was it? The anyway, or is this maybe this was Swan Lake? And anyway, oh. at some point, you put a feather duster on the, your head. Yes, I was the evil the, owl creature in Swan Lake. And you yes. did this, you know, with a cape and this expression. Yeah. And you had this feather duster. Right. Somehow we tied <laughs> onto your head, so you had this plume. And on didn't top. you, some makeup around the, I like, didn't you, did. like, we made me look, yeah, very <laughs> serious. Serious. So, and you know what I like about this too, Mom? Like, Regardless of how your kid turns out, let him dance ballet. Oh, absolutely. You never shamed me no, as a child no. wanting to do some very artistic, maybe even a, a more insecure mother might have thought, oh, well, you're not, you shouldn't I mean, be jumping. Barishnikov, he was a hunk. And, it's true, and, though. And straight. And straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And, and, and it was, yeah, but I mean, like, I just loved the, I mean, obviously as anyone who has half a sense in their brain would know, I mean, ballet's beautiful. It's also, And a lot of, like the Nutcracker, which indeed you did know the whole thing. That's a lot of marching and when the puppets and the Arabian Mm -hmm. prince, you know, flying around and all that. Well, my favorite uh, thing to do especially of all that, it's the sequence where the magician is bringing the toys to life and they're all different characters and they all have different moves and they're also coming from different centers of the body. It's basically theater is what you're doing more than... I think that started for me a curiosity of just movement Mm -hmm. on a presentational Mm -hmm. level. But then the voices came later on. Now, do you have any memories... Do you have any... Excuse me. (laughs) Do you have any memories of... um, when my voices and impressions and doing accents and all that. Do you have any well, recollection of I that? I do recall. I mean, I your dad was really good at mm-hmm. actually at voices. So I know you got that from from him. And I, quite honestly, the first one I can remember was your Ross Perot rendition. Right. When did he run for president? Well, and, and to make it very clear, all I was doing was was parroting yeah. the brilliant yeah. Dana Carvey. Oh, okay. And I didn't even know what he was saying, <laughs> yeah. but I remember I did that for the, all the adults, yeah. and we did it on a, a trip somewhere. And you cracked everybody up. And, and I remember seeing one of the, the ladies there yeah. literally fall on the ground <laughs> laughing. Yeah. So you ha- you clearly had a really good ear. And yeah. so you, that would have been you were maybe nine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it just went on from there. You, you know, I did hear um, once some friends were over. This is more recently, in the uh-huh. last fifteen years, and you were home, and yeah, and um, she said, "My God, he has the most amazing inch- oral a u r a l memory." Oh. you know, to just be able because it's yeah. got to be a combination. It's got to be something to do with memory. To, to really remember something vividly enough to actually recreate it. I, I'll, I, I'll meet you on memory and raise you that yeah. it's not exactly memory per se, is that I can hear it yes. living in my mind. Yes. And I actually have a memory of the... Now, here is a memory to, yeah. to feed in here. One time, 
you and our and the wonderful first vehicle I ever got to know and drive our yeah. little VW Rabbit, yeah. eighty one VW Rabbit back in the day. You sat me in the back seat, and as you were then coming back around, I think maybe to lock up the gate or something, uh-huh. and then to come yeah. in. I remember sitting in the back, and I had been watching that wonderful psychedelic musical from nineteen seventy of The Little Prince. Yeah where you get Bob Fosse yeah. as the snake yeah, and talk about learning cool dance moves. Yeah. And that guy, he's so yeah. slick as the yeah. snake. And he even, he's like, it's practically painless, yes. you know, being that little, you know. Yes. So I remember I could hear, I remember sitting in the back seat mm. and I wasn't just thinking mm. about the movie. I could, I remember even mm. saying to my little self, I was like, I can hear the snake talking. Mm. As if yeah. the movie's happening right now so in my mind. Presumably, if you really can hear it, then you can speak it. Well, this has something also to do with um, with your brain. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. you, you have an interesting brain, I believe, from what you've told me, which is that you have something called synesthesia. I do, I think. Where certain sounds create either f- flavors or colors, colors or pictures sensations pictures in your mm-hmm. brain and one of the i used to wonder when you were doing so much theater you know i used to be so kind of obsessed with learn how you know how do you learn lines or do you need to run lines and you never seem to have any problem learning lines you said i've yeah. got it all categorized it's there's a blue voice, there's a yellow voice, there's yeah. a red voice. Yeah. I've got it all filed away in a color coded filing system. It's true though. I did. I and do. And you yeah. can So, you know, that's that's a, a weird brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's Probably fabulous. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's probably not good for every uh, life skill. Yeah, yeah, but right. But it's fantastic for mm-hmm. what you love to do. Which yeah. is to you know to do to use your voice to do voices, to act. Yeah, um, you just have. I just feel like it's really, uh, it's just so unlike my brain. Well, <laughs> and yet I don't know. Don't don't. It's like it's the the warp and the woof. You know, if yeah. we're both warping, who's gonna woof? So I feel like almost from Alistair to you to me, you get that yeah. warp and the weave is so. there. And, um, but again, as we know, though, I think, I think though, mom, you're sort of like a secret a- a artist assassin who we send in when we need a very covert without, e- and no sort of like, um, uh, you know, pompous kind of ownership over it. You're very humble and very good when you do though, uh, uh, go into, I mean, you're also a voracious reader. And I got to say that my appetite and aptitude for reading comes from you yeah. because it's not just how to books. You're not just, and, and you're not reading readers digest articles or blogs on your phone. You are, you yeah. chain read. I read mostly novels, but yes, I read. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was, and you were a librarian yeah. for 22 years. And that's, I know that that was, um, it was a great moment also where I saw you as a, then by that point, single mother, mm-hmm. really take full ownership of your life and obviously our mm-hmm. family life. And 
I just, I don't know, mom, I, I look at you as, as, as maybe a sorceress more than maybe even you perhaps think, know yourself. Although I think, I think you know how pretty awesome you are because that, the, 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 the power of books and reading and even just having shelves in the living room as a kid, that was super important. Mm-hmm. I, I was raised that way, you know, and you could just kind of graze through the books and you, and I read just randomly whatever was on the shelf you know yeah and there was no such thing in my day as ya you know right I was probably reading things that were way beyond me at an early age and yeah. but it's i do believe in exposing the children have to be not only exposed to books but actually read to and that little kids need to be read to. So you read to me yes. every night yes. when I was a little kid. And to yeah. the point where I had memorized some right. of the books, but I knew also what page they were on. Yes. So I was practically reading, even though I was kind yeah. of, you know, just sort of you know, knowing them. And, but and it also meant after a while, the adult could not either try and fudge it or shorten <laughs> it or skip over some bit. Uh, uh, you got caught. Right. <laughs> Busted. Especially if it's quick as a cricket, yeah, which was my go-to, or anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, now, eventually, you're seeing this little kid who's dressing up and mm-hmm. talking a lot and doing all kinds of wackadoodle things. Yeah. You realize, oh, maybe we should put him in some acting classes. How did children's experimental theater? How did you become aware of that? I, I just, I guess, I just became aware, probably word of mouth, and it was a local. Um, theater company i mean company it was yeah for it was for kids and mm-hmm. every week every saturday uh with a fantastic woman a real sort of legend local legend yes marcia hovick uh most of these plays children's yes. plays yes and um you started i think when you were about six yeah yeah, very and young. It was every Saturday, and you did, you know, again, have to learn lines. And I remember you were an absolute triumph as the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood. I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> and you know what's so cool about that? I remember, because if you recall, they gave me this awesome, scary a, wolf head. It was an amazing head. It was an amazing head. And I remember, I can feel it still yeah. in my body, that I kind of knew this was my first grand entrance yeah. into a play where it's like, oh no, I'm the wolf and yeah. you will recognize me. And I remember grinning excitedly behind the mask, but even the little professional mind yeah. of me going, oh, I'm glad the audience can't see me grinning because I need to look scary with this wolf mask on. And I remember hearing a wonderful uh, friend of the family who really was, I think to mom, kind of a second mother and mm-hmm. certainly to me a second grandmother. Her name is Cynthia. She she actually, both my mother and I owe her a lot in terms of yeah. our livelihood and upbringing. But I remember she being sort of the great grandmother and fan of all of us as she was. I remember hearing her in the audience, seeing me coming out as the wolf and hearing her go, ooh. <laughs> it was just That's right. so good. And it just, just oh, yeah, yeah. And that... um and you were involved with that troupe for quite a few years, up into middle school. Yeah, till I was about twelve. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I and I remember, and I gotta say, a really good way for kids to learn how to read is yeah. make them memorize, make them learn some lines. Yeah, that's true. And have because you will be reading it. You'll you need to get and. Good thing about Marsha, because she also wrote those plays. Yeah. If you said one wrong word, she would correct you. And, ah, look at that again. But what was great about, so Marsha Hovick, to give y'all listening an idea, 
imagine, I'm going to say this word, but don't think creepy. It's like a spider woman, like a grandmother spider mm -hmm. who lives in her little cottage, almost like the friendly witch of a Hansel and Gretel kind of situation, mm -hmm. who's not going to yeah. roast you alive. But she was like an old sorceress. And I knew she was bringing, encouraging out of me and also other young people mm -hmm. And not, and she never talked down to us too. She really mm -hmm. spoke to me like I was yeah. a an adult professional actor. I was probably seven, but you know the yeah. but like very. And I also wa I wanted to get into her and also give a shout out to Michael Jacobs, my high school drama teacher, because I really do believe that between the two of them, they really encouraged me to be a great speaker. Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I'm not just some mush mouth on stage, that we really, that everything is crisply heard, pronounced, yeah. and, and, and also how you can carry it across the room without yelling, yeah. how to project. I used to, when I was watching even high school plays that you were in, um, which, you know, cause they can be a little uneven. Of course. And I always, when Alex came on stage, I always thought, oh, phew, you know, because now it, <laughs> we're going to hear him, for one thing. Yes. And it's there yeah. aren't going to be any screw-ups. Or if there are, we aren't going to notice it. because. Uh, so I always felt like the, the, the play was in good hands when you were on stage. Oh, well, that's a, that's a, that means a lot to hear that, Mom. And, um and yeah, you know, I I just I'm I'm so thankful, Mom, that you have always been, you know, uh, just you have both allowed me to be this interesting weirdness that I am, without discouraging it and without being like a career mom. No, you never shopped me around as no. a talent. When you saw that I had an aptitude for talent, you didn't then move us mm -hmm. down to L.A. and start no. making me I go mean, for commercials. We, we both might be a lot richer. We we happened, could have, but, but I might have also developed a bit of a hatred towards you, and, yes. and who knows what other else. Yeah. Who knows what could have been. I'm actually very grateful for our coastal California simple life that we, that we lived. Now, I want to cover... One or two other things. There's one moment that I know for me, I felt like as a child, it's hard for everyone, whether you're a boy or a girl, but also as a guy who, uh, who who's who, who's odd, but he kind of knows who he is, but he's still trying to figure it out because at the time I'm, I'm 14 years old and you're coming out of those rough Lord of the Flies years around that time where everyone's just nasty to each other. So we're talking middle school, folks. We're talking sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And I've been going through a little bit of a rough patch because it just is a war zone, uh, I think, for both boys and girls in their own respective you know, solo gender. If you're in a room full of girls and you're a girl, that can get nasty. If you're in a room full of boys and you're a boy, that can get nasty. So it was those tough years. And there's a moment where if you're a guy like me, where you know that you're not jockey enough to be sporty. You're not even brainy enough to just be a, 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 a you know, whiz kid. But you might be quirky enough to be the actor and like the funny guy, maybe even a class clown, but like not just the class clown who just kind of annoyed, but really like kind of like, no, I'm going to I'm going to make people laugh. I basically started to understand that maybe there's a showman in me, mm -hmm. a comedian and also a little bit of a surrealist. So at 14, 
and I and nothing has changed since then. I became and still am obsessed with a film from the '60s that I, for some reason, I don't know how or why a kid who's growing up in the '90s got so attached, but to the film Barbarella, which I owe so much of my miraculous. I mean, we're talking like it could have been a flip of the coin. Anything could have happened, but I put together. So this story leads us to the eighth grade talent show where I'm about to do a strange little bit, which in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have run it by you. I probably should have just kept it to myself, but you know, it it was this, I was doing, if you all have watched the film Barbarella and if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? You need to go home right now uh, and, and, watch this beautiful film from 1968, which is a silly sci-fi film that has uh, a soundtrack that is both sci-fi-ish, but it's like if sci-fi, if there were go-go dancers in space, that's kind of the, the sound of it. Now, look, I'm not a dummy at 14. I know it's silly. I know it's also kind of hokey, but I also love it. And I put together a character, not Alex Rogers, Ace Rogers, who also had a hilarious title. And come on, give me some credit, folks. This is a clever title here, which actually, and I remember my friend Chris Waddell at the time helped me with this title. I'm agent 005 and two tenths, not reduced to one fifth. Now, come on, that math joke, even in, in your title? Come on, folks. We're, we're being ahead of our time at the time. And again, talk about costumes. You helped me, Mom. The, I put together this strange costume for this character, Ace Rogers. I remember I wore... Uh, like um, some sort of like hiking boots with blue jeans, but you made these fur fringe sort of little garments. So to put around like above the boots, so like the, so it was like furred boots, mm-hmm. furred cuffs, mm-hmm. and then a kind of almost caveman sort of fur right. toga th- kind of, <laughs> but over a blazer and then t- tinsel red hair wig on my head. And hologram glasses where these eyes are yeah. popping out at you. And my mother and father, all my peers, figured I was good as dead. <laughs> well, I was concerned. Well, yes. I shouldn't have been. I mean, when, I, when you said you were going to sing Barbarella, I just thought, oh, this poor kid. He's yeah. already having a hard time in middle school, you know, being teased. Yeah. I said, hey, are you you sure you don't want to pick something else, dear? I know. And you you and dad were, were trying to sort of suggest something. My dad, I remember, had a hilarious, he's like, you should do this new song by this guy who won't be relevant after t- this year called Roachford. And it, it was that, getting ready, ready for the dawning. Remember that song? I guess so. Just real 90s, early sap you know, but but the cassette comes with the Rolls Royce, so this is the hip music. I remember he played it for me. I was like, you guys don't get it. I'm going for silly, but cool. And I just knew in my hearts that also this was something that we were all kind of waiting for. And it's, it's not every kid's rite of passage, but it was for me, which is you declare in front of everyone, I'm weird and cool at the same time. And I'm funny and you will respect me at the same time. I got lucky. Or maybe it was that cool. All I know is I couldn't believe as I'm doing this wild piece where half the song I lip sank, half of it I actually sang on a mic. I came up with my own silly choreography. I also stripped off those fur bits and threw it to the ladies. And boy, those eighth grade girls were going wild. And it was just like a, a total turnaround of perception because in the years before, 
because I was always wearing, you know, I've always had a, a strange fashion sense. I can't say it's necessarily good, but I've always liked hats that I like or shirts or things that I like. And, and you know, you, you of course, in middle school, you just you just put your foot out the wrong way. You're going to get assassinated by everyone. So it was just it was bad news bears for a while. And to have the whole school kind of just oh, it stop, was great. And, like, and must say your dad and I were stunned and so pleased by the reaction. Yeah. I mean, it was really brought the house down. Yeah. And you've always maintained that that really did change your life around. That was the end of eighth grade. Yeah. You'd had a rough time in middle school, and you just entered high school on a roll, Mm -hmm. mostly to do with theater and developing this great group of theater friends and yeah. And other things too. You you really navigated high school, all the cliques and everything, kind of really with impunity. You know, mm-hmm. you were friends with the jocks, and you you kind of crossed yeah uh, the borders back and forth with no problem. I don't remember it, you ever having no, any problems. No, no, no. And and then and if any kid did even try, I instantly came back with a goofy ass line that only put egg on their face. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think the the um. The epitome of all this is when you got nominated. I don't think you won, but you got nominated for Homecoming King. I did. And the word of the street is I won the popular vote, oh. but the Electoral College went to the jocks. So, right. But yes, yeah, like, like I, I definitely, like, I think the I think people wanted to see me, a, a total not Homecoming yeah. candidate, become Homecoming King. But then, of course, you know, last minute we had to find the, the proper appeal. But I do remember feeling very good about myself. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, it, it was a lucky thing, but it's not pure luck. I wanted to say for any mothers listening here, who also, like, again, I, I reiterate this. Now, folks, as far I like to say this, as far as I know, I'm straight. And the reason I say as far as I know is I'm an open-minded guy. I'm, a, I, I'm attracted to all kinds of women. And so far, I have not found a man who I'm attracted to. But hey, sure, if I meet the right guy, I'll be open to that. The point is, regardless of where I swing, when you're a kid, you don't really, you're not, especially when we're talking about me as a little kid dancing to Nutcracker, trying yeah. on costumes, that's just a beautiful soul. And it's not anyone's business or, or need to have to project some worry on where that kid is headed. I just want any mothers who might be listening right now, who of course you have every right to, it's your kid, you're going to care about them. Here's my mother who has believed in me from the start, but she was genuinely, a, I think, concerned that I might get teased. teased. And how embarrassing if at a talent show in front of the whole school, if that had gone south, eh, it may have dissuaded me from ever acting again. It may have put like a horrible chip on my shoulder. You never know. But nevertheless, it was important to risk it. And I am so glad that I didn't listen yes. <laughs> to my parents on that one. But Good point. But the point is now, my point here was not to say don't listen to your parents. But if anything, what my thing is, is listen to your children and... I just, I'm not saying I'm any better or worse off, but I feel a healthiness in my mind, mom, a judgelessness uh-huh. because of how you did just kind of let me figure out yeah. what kind of expressive creature I am. Mm-hmm. I want to cover one more thing, my dear mother. If you don't mind, could you share with us? Stacey, my mom has, I believe, a kind of connection to a bit of prophecy 
or indeed some insight into character through her dreams. And I think sometimes my mom has some pretty cool dreams. And just in terms of Mother's Day and how mothers themselves were once Mm -hmm. little girls, would you mind telling us about that beautiful dream that you had recently about yourself? Yes. Thank goodness I write these ones down because otherwise I wouldn't remember. But I did have a dream just a few weeks ago um, that, well, I basically met myself as a child in this dream. Yeah. And I had, my library had assigned me a project to do some archiving of old yearbooks or and so you're I, starting out in the dream as your adult as, self. Yes, and, and, and uh-huh. I am going through archival boxes, and I come across uh, all this, all these yearbooks, something of, of my class when I was like fifth grade, my tenure. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it to someone in my dream, "Oh, this will be fun. This is my class." And then suddenly, I am actually in the school theater of this school where I was in fifth grade. And I'm watching my class giving a, perfor- a singing performance on the stage. And I'm, I can recognize all these kids. Wow. Uh, and I yeah. see myself yeah. in the back row because I was tall. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, we're singing. And then suddenly. You don't by any chance remember the song even in the, no, in the dream. I okay. The yeah. was, right. I don't remember the song. Probably sure. something from a musical. Yeah. Then uh, the next scene, I'm um, in a. a corridor and I hear the children are going to be coming down the hall and I want to see this little Janie I want to see myself but I don't I don't want to be seen so I kind of duck into the girls bathroom yeah and I see Janie coming by and in a dress that I remember owning Uh uh-huh with a a little friend and I do you remember the friend by any chance who was okay some don't remember the friend but it was a friend and I remember my hair is away the way I remember I seen in pictures and all. And I let these little girls go by and I close the, I stay in the bathroom and suddenly the little Janie comes in with her friend to the bathroom and she uh, says to her friend, oh, this is my mom. And she's pointing to me. Amazing. So. And then you woke up, right? And I woke up. (laughs) Beautiful. I think that that is amazing, and I wanted, and thank you for telling us that dream, because I think how beautiful on Mother's Day that we can trace a dream that a mother had about her own child self who recognizes in herself, you're my mom. Yeah. As you talked about, you know, the inner child that you always, you know, have you always have yeah yeah yeah. i just had never actually run across this in such a graphic way my inner child (laughs) sure but i just think that that must come with the health of being an adult and also a parent adult Mm -hmm. is to be a self-parent a lot of the time and something Mm -hmm. tells me that you always have been kind of shepherding the little girl in you. you have i mean i do think just in general to be a healthy adult you do have to uh soothe comfort take care of yourself the way you used to rely on your hopefully yeah. on your parents to do right it. Right, right you have right. to somehow assume that for yourself 
in order to, I think, be a happy adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, mom, any other mom thoughts? Anything maybe just, you know, maybe young mothers right now who also are feeling maybe a little like they're imposters or maybe well, with kids who are a little bit older and they're starting to see who they might become. Any just, any just friendly I words? I think or? you do have to be fairly relaxed about it. And I am kind of hoping and wondering if this pandemic year um, obviously has been very stressful in some ways on families but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can be a little uh, less, uh, you know, let's not structure our kids so much where they have to do this, 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 and this. I think they need just some quiet time, creative time. Um, less, I always told you, you know, you could do one extracurricular thing at a time. Ah. I, I was not going to be running around doing so you did um karate for a while mm-hmm. and then you got really got into theater right and you know it's just like i'm just let's not overload our yeah, kids not violin lessons at four then piano yeah. lessons at five then soccer because here and overloading then overloading yeah. your kids also overloads the family in general mm-hmm. and everyone just gets too stressed out so yeah i think for and then i think it's really Im- important to just enjoy your children because they are hilarious, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Mom. I think I I I think the adjective of hilarious isn't said enough because it's it's easy enough to say that your kids are cute and adorable. Of course they are, but hilarious. I mean, they are because it's such an orig- They you know they're so original. Their takes on things. They're mm-hmm. you know. Well, one of my favorite things about our dynamic mom is we've been laughing pretty much yeah. since the start, and we continue to laugh to this yeah, day. We do. And um, you certainly have me in stitches, and I know I <laughs> keep you laughing as well. Yeah. I love you so much, mom. You, I love you, you too, You're sweetie. my life. You're my heart. Yeah. You're my soul. And uh, I would not be half the man that I am without your mothership to right. guide me along the way. It's been a lovely experience for me as well. So. I'm looking forward to <laughs> To all the rest of that experience, and may all of you today have a beautiful day. And you know, and my and listen, I'm no fool. These days can be tough too. Some of you lost your mom. Mm-hmm. Some of you don't have a mom. Some of your moms are unreliable, and you haven't been able to talk to them for many years now. My heart to you, as of course my mother also shared with us today. Sometimes you're your own best mother. And hey, let's not be gender specific, guys. Be your own best mother, too. Not just your best father, but, like, I know it's rough out there, and not everyone gets this. And, you know, I'm very lucky. I have, a, I have an amazing relationship with my mom. And whatever you have going on today, just know that you're heard, you're seen, and I got you. Like, I, I, my heart is with you, however you are feeling about today. And to all the moms out there, we owe you everything to where even these words aren't enough. We won't ever fully understand how mothers are where it's at. I mean, ain't nothing happening without a mama. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme.
In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.